And there we go. Now it's unmuted. Okay. Welcome to Chalk Talk, everybody. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. It is March. Today is March the 7th. I'm super excited, as always, to be with you. And there is a lot to get to on today's show. Before I even get into, you know, we always start with thanking our sponsors. I'm going to do that. Um, let me start there. Let me do that first. So, of course, this show is not possible without the people who have been supporting us for years. This is the, we're in the ninth season of Chalk Talk, right? We've been doing Chalk Talk Live every week for nine years. I can probably count the times on my hand that we uh, haven't been live. Either we were in Africa or, you know, somewhere out of the country and we had a recorded show, but we have been here each and every week. And I thank you for being a part of the Chalk Talk tribe. Of course, you know about our partnership with World Youth Foundation. Um, there is so much to know about the organization, amazing work with young people, with kids, but also they do work with other organizations and just support the community overall. We are collaborating on the upcoming African-American Male Wellness Walk. It's going to be April the 15th at Texas Southern University. Um, I believe the comments are still pinned. If not, I'll put it back the link where you can um, the link where you can go and register and get more information. You can register to walk. You can get a passion team and come out and support the walk. You can be a sponsor um, and you can, or you can be a health screener. The point of the walk is obviously to get out, move, exercise, have a good time. But what's most important, it's really about the health screenings. We wanna make sure that our black men are getting these much, much needed health screenings. I cannot tell you how many times I've spoken with someone who says, I'm in great shape. I run, I work out all the time. You know, I look and you look at them and you think, oh, he or she looks fit or trim, or in this case, he, since we're talking about men. And then they go and when they finally do get screened, the numbers are through the roof, right? So you can't look at somebody and determine how healthy they are. So we want to encourage you to sign up set up somebody you know, encourage men to come out and be a part of this walk. We uh, will have one more, at least one more real men, real talk um, kind of forum. That's where men get together and they're able to have some really candid conversations because we know not only is physical wellness a part of this um, effort and a part of what's needed, but also mental wellness. We need our men to be able to talk to each other, have other Black men to talk to about things that maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to anyone else about. We've got to, we want to break the stigma of feeling like you've got to suffer in silence. You know, we've got to end that. And so this is one of the ways we do it. So I'm excited about this work. I'm excited about the partnerships, the people here have come on board to help support this work. And I hope to see all of you on April the 15th with your teens, with your men, your brothers, husbands, fathers, neighbors, colleagues, April the 15th at Texas Southern University. Now, I also want to tell you about Jika. I love Jika. You've heard, you, you hear me talk about them all the time. It is a product that you can find in HEB, right? And you can also find it on their website. In a nutshell, it reduces inflammation. Inflammation is the root of most of our illnesses. Cholesterol, diabetes, high blood pressure, it helps in all of those, with all of those issues. And of course, it helps with things like you know, inflammation and pain, if you have joints pains or ache pains, it's the overall really the thing, the key ingredient in this in this paste and in the capsules is a high grade of turmeric, 
with a total of eight roots and herbs. So if you are buying it in HEB, it's in the healthy living section and here's where you can find it so you'll know what to look for. Here at HEB in the healthy living department, the probiotics, you can find Jenka seven days a week. So make sure that you go and get your Jinka and um, add it to your, you know, add it to what you do, add it to how you live. And of course, I want to remind you about Kimmy Treats. Kimmy Treats is a great way to get in some healthy, very, very tasty treats. It's the vegan popcorn. I've added the Kimmy bars back to Sunshine's. If you're in Houston, you can go and get Kimmy Treats in person at Sunshine's Vegetarian Deli near the Medical Center on Old Spanish Trail. You can also pick up the body butter. You can get all three of those products there, or you can get them online. In fact, I'm going to re-add the Kimmy Treats, the Kimmy bars to the website, and um, I'm adding an additional size of the popcorn. So get your Kimmy corn, your Kimmy bars, your Kimmy butter, get all of that, right? Because you want it in your life. And you can also order it online at KimmyTreats.com. And here are some of the options. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is, as I mentioned, the first Tuesday in March. And so that means a lot of things, right? It means the combine is over. That ended last week. It means the free agency is upon us, right? And it means that um, the whole quarterback market is one of the things that we're watching really closely because it's just really interesting this year. What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? If you watch this show, you know I am over him. But he is talented if he decides that he shows up and wants to play and wants to do all the things. But right now, he's in a dark room somewhere getting his mind right. So we don't know what's going to happen with him. We know the Jets really want to sign Aaron Rodgers. It looks like the Green Bay Packers are ready to move on for him. Imagine if you want a business and you have an employee that when he or she shows up and puts in the work, that person is head and shoulders above really anybody else that, that that does what he or she does. But if he doesn't show up and put in the work and get out of the dark room, then he becomes, he or she becomes a nuisance. Well, that's what Aaron Rodgers is, right? If and when he shows up and does all the things you should do to get ready for the season, still one of the best in the game. But if not, so I make that um, correlation because if you're a business owner, you know, or you have any sort of a team, you understand the the kind of crisis that puts your organization in. So that's Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr was a name that we heard about. The Jets were interested in Derek Carr. Um, they're very interested in Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr is off the market. He has agreed to a deal with the New Orleans Saints. So he's gone. And this one I'm really excited about, Geno Smith, who had really kind of a coming-of-age season last year with the Seattle Seahawks. Has agreed, reportedly has agreed to a, an extension with the Seahawks for three years at $105 million. He has been, he is a great example of just keep putting in the work. You got to believe in yourself. Don't worry about the critics. If you're willing to put in the work 
and be in it for the long game. That's what Geno Smith did. He got with an organization that valued what he brought, had some pieces around him. Because one of my colleagues, uh, Chuck Modi, who, who has been a Geno Smith supporter for years and has always argued that Geno never had the people around him. He never had the defense. And he, I'll have to find it and retweet it and post it in the, in the notes. He talks about the defense that Geno Smith has played with in years what the ranking was, there was never a defense ranked higher than like 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, in his career. And so it's been interesting. So it's good to see Geno Smith show that, you know what? You got to just cut out the noise. You got to just be focused and put in the work. You got to believe in yourself. And that is what he did. And I'd like to make that that speaks to me because it doesn't matter if you're playing football or basketball or if you are running a business or you're trying to get a promotion at your job, whatever it is you're doing, do that, right? You just got to put in the work, drown out the, the noise, right? I'm not talking about the, the constructive, instructive things that can help you. I'm talking about all the negative chatter that says you'll never get there. You don't deserve it. You're not good enough. Write you off. Going on to the new, next best, new and next best thing. Do what Geno Smith did. Now, I'm not sending him to the Hall of Fame, but I'm saying what he did was he earned a starting job with the Seahawks. He had a really, I, I said, coming-of-age season last year. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's about to get a new contract extension, and he's going to get paid. So at the end of the day, that's those are all the things that you want to see happen. And now you want to continue to build on that if you're Geno and the Seahawks and build and, and the Seahawks are hoping to get back to, you know, deep in the playoffs and ultimately win a Super Bowl. That's the ultimate champion. So that's what's happening. What's happening with the Houston Texans? Well, we don't, you know, nothing yet, right? Um, Marco, Coach uh, um, Ryan has got his staff together. Tomorrow we get a chance to go over and visit with the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. So I'll be there tomorrow and I'll be posting some of that sound on my platforms so that you can hear from them. And now it's just about getting ready for the draft. The other piece of NFL news is what the hell is going on with the Ravens? I mean, I just can't understand it. And if you do, if you can help me understand what they're thinking, I need you to drop it in the chat because I don't get it. They've built their entire offense around Lamar Jackson. The players want him back. There's nobody in the organization in terms of players that we've heard from have, have questioned at all whether he wasn't really injured because there's a thought of maybe he wasn't injured. Now, I will say this, if there's any criticism that Lamar deserves, it's probably that, dude, go get an agent, right? Go get an agent to do the deal because they're not really operating you in, with the way, operating with you in the way they should because they're dealing with like your mom and that's no knock on her. But get somebody that does this work so that they can go and get this deal done. However, even with that said, what they put on the table, they being the Ravens, has not been, hasn't been respectful of what he's given to the organization. And so the word on the streets is, right, you know, NFL rumor mill says that the Ravens are really considering putting the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. So here's what that means. The non-exclusive tag means he can go out and get offers. People can say, you know what, another team can say, I want Lamar Jackson, we'll give up these draft picks, 
hey, here's what we're offering them. And then the Ravens get a chance to match it. So if they had if if they put the exclusive tag on him, then he can't talk to anybody else. It's this money or he doesn't play. We'll see what that means, right? We'll see what happens. But I, that's just interesting to me. I don't understand it. You know, they didn't have these kind of issues um, with the previous GM. I'm just saying. And Ozzie Newsom, you didn't hear some of the things coming out of Ravens camp that you hear now. Like, what, what, like what's really going on, y'all? Anyway, that's kind of my NFL news and notes update as we get closer to actually actual start, you know, um, well, we are we are kind of in free agency, but uh, we'll start. Cleveland is now working toward the draft. What are the Chicago Bears going to do? Will they trade the number one pick? It looks like they're leaning toward keeping Justin Fields, which to me is the right thing to do, right? Because you've got to build around the quarterback. He's got to have the right system. He's got to have some stability. He's got to have some pieces to work with. You didn't do that yet for Justin Fields. So even if you go out and get Bryce Young, Bryce Young and you don't do that, you still will have an issue. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know who what the Houston Texans are leaning toward doing. There are people that like what they saw from Anthony Richardson at the combine. They said he looks good. You know, the things that are uncertain about him are things that can be worked on if he goes to, as you heard Coach Michael Haywood say a couple of weeks ago, the right system and with the right people. So we will follow and see what that does. I've heard from some of you. You enjoy Coach Haywood. I told him he's going to come back. I can't tell you when, but I'll try to get him back in the next couple of weeks because he just gives us such great insight and such great information. So that's kind of what's happening around the NBA. I mean, around the National Football League. Before I go to the NBA, let's talk about the Houston Astros. They are in spring training. They're now five and three. Um, I think yesterday afternoon, about they have 14 players that are playing in the 2023 World uh, Baseball Classic, World Baseball Classic. And because they have so many foreign players, they've got 14 players that are playing for their home country. So that's, that is happening. But we did uh, get to hear from Alex Bregman. He spoke a couple of days ago. And everyone's asking players, what do you think about this whole new pitch clock, the timing on it? And he said, you know, Alex said, listen, I guess in time we'll know, you know, it will get, it may take some time to get used to it. I don't know how, if they're just going to say you got spring training, but it gets figured out, if they're going to, if they'll have more time, those are things that people are waiting to find out about. But he also talked about just building on what happened in the second half of last season, which is, as you know, they went on, they finished the season on a high note, and then they ultimately won the World Series. Here is Alex Bregman from spring training. Says it feels good. Um, just workout was work workouts this off season were great. Um, got a good routine down. Got a great staff uh, here that's been helping me uh, ramp up and get ready to go for the season. But overall, the the off season uh, build up was great. Uh, I'm ready to play. They had a couple lefties in their order. Just with the way you guys are going to def- position defense now mm-hmm. without the shift. Was that nice to get experience? I know you guys have probably done it on the backfield. Was it nice to get experience with it in the game? And kind of how do you feel like that's gonna? Yeah, it was you at third base. Yeah, it's just it's just getting back to like the old kind of positioning a little bit. Um, little, I'm still off the line a lot on some lefties. Um, just depends on kind of their their chart. That was Alex Bregman, and um, you know, spring training opening day for the Astros is in a few weeks. It's March the 30th. I am so excited. 
they do open at home at Minute Maid Park, I think against the Chicago White Sox, if I remember correctly, but we'll be talking about that as we get closer to that day. They also will play, I think they have a couple of games they're going to play, um, one at Constellation Park and then at Minute Maid Park with their uh, AAA team. So that fans will get a chance to see them, you know, face off. Um, so it's exciting times. It's always exciting times this time of year, right? Because you're talking about getting ready for the NFL draft. The NBA season, which usually for me, prior to the last three seasons, always meant ramping up to cover a playoff team because the Rockets were in the playoffs, what, seven or eight straight years. Well, they're not that team right now, but they're working to get back to that. And I know, listen, I was out this weekend um, at the AIDS Walk Houston. Shout out to the AIDS Walk. It was a great turnout. It was great weather. It's a great cause. You know, go to um, afhouston.org if you want information, if you want information about screening, um, information about uh, how you can support the effort and just where things are. Because I've, I've had people say, well, what is really the status right now? Go to the AIDS, uh, AIDS Foundation Houston website. They've got great information and a lot of really, really good resources. And I'm going to say this, you can't look at somebody and know whether they're HIV positive. Right. So it's about prevention. It's about education <clears throat> and all the information is there. But it was a great it was a great <clears throat> um, day and it was a great walk over the weekend. But while I was walking, I heard a couple people behind me say <clears throat> they were talking about the Rockets. And they said, yeah, they really are bad. They, they use some other words, but they just are really bad. Right. So why would we go see them? And that's what happens. In a market like Houston, I can say that because I'm a native Houstonian. If you are not winning, it you start to lose your fan base. Like real, like the true fans will still come out, but people who are, you know, marginal marginal fans, they're only going to come and watch uh, this Houston Rockets team <clears throat> if they if they're better, if they're more competitive, and if they have a chance to win. And when you just look at the record, which is right now 15 and 49. Okay, um, 15 and 49, and how many games do they have left? So that means um, 64, so they have, what, 18 games left in this regular season, or in this season, because it will end when the season ends for them. They've won the last two. It was against the Spurs, but when you're the Rocket, it does not matter who it's against. They won convincingly on Sunday, but I guess you could kind of call that a blowout. Tonight, they're playing the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets. Probably three months ago, that game might have been, even might have been more excited to watch it, but now the Rockets have a better chance because this Brooklyn Nets team, after trading away Kyrie and trading away Kevin Durant, is a very different team. Um, what are the Brooklyn Nets right now? The Brooklyn Nets are 36 and 28. You know, they are still, they're in the sixth spot in the East in terms of playoffs. So, you know, they still, postseasons are still a reality for them, but no one is really talking about the Brooklyn Nets being a contender to win the Eastern Conference to get to the NBA championship and certainly not to win it all. So um, the Rockets are back in action tonight against Brooklyn. And here is um, Coach Silas after... Sunday's win against the Spurs, and he's talking about um, 
kind of how they're finally getting it together, right? They're finally getting it together. <clears throat> Again, it's been two games. They're just trying to have some positive things to build on. But here is Coach Silas. They look good. They look good in the switching when we have guys like size guys and we try to uh, switch a bunch. It's really um, on the five man for the most part. I mean, Tate and Tari, they're going to guard their guys. And when they switch, there's no drop off or anything, but it's when the perimeter guy screen or the big screens for the perimeter guy and now we have ooze out there guarding a smaller guy and he did a good job he tips the ball away he has he's active he gives him an angle to the rim and then blocks the shot so um yeah i, I like it i like it what did you see from your team in the third quarter when they went from a 10-point lead to just completely taking over yeah i was um a little disappointed at halftime <clears throat> as far as like our lackadaisical play in the second quarter I thought we started the game well, but the second quarter, we just didn't play well. Scoot made the last three, which put us up 10. But, um, you know, I challenged the team at halftime to to um, play better, especially on the defensive end, and um, start the third quarter like we started the game and have the, the right attitude going into that third quarter. That was... <clears throat> Um, head coach Steve si Stephen Silas uh, talking about the what he saw from his team on Sunday, and you know, listen, it's got to be difficult to be in that position. And I always go back to how he arrived in Houston, he being Stephen Silas, and then what he was dealt, right, the hand that he was dealt, and having all of these very very young players because you can't coach maturity and experience, and it's been a lot. And I think he's done, you know. He's done an okay job with it. You know, the numbers are not great. It doesn't, you know, you just, if you don't follow the team and you never watch them, and granted, sometimes I'm there and it's, it's hard to watch. It's not, it's not a great brand of basketball. But sometimes you see them really going after it. You see the growth. It's tough losing. It's tough losing, ain't it, for anybody. But it's really tough on young people, right? On these young players who came out and were at the top of their games, their league. Um, it was really tough. I was trying to see, let me go back to, um, what happened? What was the final on Sunday? I think they had. So on Sunday, the final was 142 to 110. That's what I was looking for. Uh, they beat the Spurs 142 to 110. Okay. Um, while we're talking about basketball, right? Um, I also wanted to talk about John Marie. You know, this, uh, this transformative player for the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA. And he has had some issues off the court. Um, the last thing that really was kind of the tip, tip of the iceberg, if you will, is he was he videoed himself or was doing an Instagram live, live while he was brandishing a gun in a nightclub after um, they lost the game or something. It was, it was not a great look. It was incredibly irresponsible, but it, it has, it has also then spurred some other conversations and investigations about some alleged activity or actions that he's had off the court. So right now he's been suspended. Um, he is he is suspended um, for at least two games. It may be longer. 
And I wanted to, <clears throat> I want to let you hear from Mark Spears, who is the senior writer, senior NBA writer, Anscape, which is affiliated with ESPN, um, talking about just, you know, the latest, right? What he's hearing from the NBA, from, from other players, and why is, okay, I'm sorry, I'm trying to share my screen and I keep hitting. Oh, the wrong tab. Operator error. It will get you every time. Um, let me let you hear from. This is Malika Andrews, the host of this show. For Anscape into this conversation, Mark Spears, because Mark, I'm curious, what are you hearing from around the league in reaction to John Moran's actions and subsequent absence from the Memphis Grizzlies? Well, I talked to guys from four different teams who have a close ear to the players. And what they were saying is the players really don't want to speak about this publicly out of respect for John, him being an elite player. But they also felt behind the scenes that his actions were really silly, quote unquote, from one person and wondered what was he doing and why would he do that? Uh, a couple of them said that some of the players were raising an eyebrow about Ja saying that uh, there was a, some stress going on with him in his statement. And but they want to stay away from it. And they're certainly very worried that he's moving way too fast. Hmm. So I, I guess the question now, Ramona, is where do the Grizzlies go from here? You know, I was at the game last night with the Grizzlies and the Clippers. It was a close game. The Grizzlies had a lead. They ended up losing it in the fourth quarter. And and it felt like a moment of normalcy, right, where they were taught, it was just about a basketball game. But the Grizzlies, when you talk to them, to the players, to coaches, to people in their front office, they are approaching this as, a, as two ways. One, there is the support for John Morant, the person, and especially what he's going through That's as right. he seeks help. And two, there's the level of accountability. As Coach Taylor Jenkins said, we have to have a standard in our organization and around the league, and this is a league. So that is uh, Ramona Shelburne talking about what happened um, as they look at, you know, what happens in terms of how does this impact this this, Grizzly, this Grizzlies organization? And, you know, um, let's see. I mean, get to some of your... Uh, hey, Rainice. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Hey, good morning, Carolyn from out west. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Walker, are you a, are you supporting uh, the Garoppolo move? Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is from the Patriots tree that we often talk of, and we know that that Nick Casario, the general manager, came from the tree, right? So, um, you know, is that the move? Would you would you sign Garoppolo? They do need to have a veteran on their squad. So I don't see, as long as you're not giving up the farm for him, that's not a bad move. Because even when you go out and get a quarterback, um, Davis Mills is not the veteran that you really need with this or with the squad. Like, how helpful can he be? So <clears throat> we'll see. That'll be interesting. Hey, good morning, uh, Joe McGinty. Welcome, welcome. Um, and Joe says the Nets are still decent after the big trade. The Rockets are just hard to watch for the entire four quarters. I just haven't seen improvements from last year. So is it me or is it silence? You, you know what, Joe, you asked a question that a lot of people do ask. Let me, let me first take the first part of your comment. They are tough to watch for an entire four quarters because they'll have moments and then and then there'll be there'll be one or two of the four quarters where they just are not 
they're not there, right? So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say it's not Silas. And I know that it's, for some people, it's like, it's got to be the coach. It's his responsibility. And you've heard me say it a lot the last couple of years about how young they are. But they are young. They don't even really know how to play. They don't know how to play defense at this level. So I'm not really at all. And so, and to overcome adversity, when you're leaning on each other, which is great, they've got some camaraderie, that's awesome. But there's just no real veteran leadership. And even when Eric Gordon was here, I mean, Eric was a good guy, but I don't know. I don't think he was quite the answer. And for those of you who have been hitting me up, inboxing me and DMing me, talking about James Harden, I don't think he's the guy either. I don't think having Harden to this team is the answer. I'm still thinking that Harden is just using the whole, you know, not shutting down, that he would be interested in coming back to the Rockets as, as a negotiating chip. But Harden is on the other side of his career. He's on the other side of his prime. I'm not saying that there's no use for him, but I wouldn't give James Harden a max contract. What is he, 33, 34? And we've seen that he's not the James Harden he was when he played with this with the Houston Rockets in terms of what he can do. Does he still have moments? Does he still have value? Absolutely. His best shot is to get it done with Joel Embiid, right? You know, if they can win it there, because I don't know how much longer the Sixers have, because I don't know how 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 Embiid's knees will hold up, right, over the years. Big guys tend to once they start having problems with their lower extremities, those issues, those injuries become, you know, they they they, they continue to have them. So I don't know, but I don't think Jim's heart is the answer here. But they do need some veteran leadership with this Houston Rockets team. So, um, John says, Silas getting fired in the season by bro running the daycare with the basketball court over there. I don't know if you, um, and then you say he's mentally tapped out. You can hear it in his voice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've actually had a chance to, to, to get to know Silas since he's been here and, and talk to him, you know, in interviews and, and then just personally, you know, um, around the around the facility and outside of games and practice, I don't think he's mentally tapped out. Do I think he is? It's draining because of all that you have to try to manage. And, it, and you say a daycare, I mean, a little turn in cheek, perhaps, but there's a lot. I mean, there is the youth and trying to keep them really engaged. Because I, as I mentioned, losing is hard. It's hard on veterans. But it's really hard on young people. You can sometimes, I can see it in some of the body language of guys when they first got here and they're ready to take on the world. But it is hard to overcome so many losses, right? They're 15 and 49. They've won 15 games. They've lost 49 games. That's very, very difficult. So I thought the record would be better this year. Uh, they, they have 18 games left. I'm not real sure. Let me look at their schedule. Where the other wins come from? I mean, so they're home tonight against Brooklyn, you know, maybe. They are at Indiana on Thursday. They're back home against the Bulls on Friday. Then next week they have at home the Celtics on Monday, the Lakers on Wednesday, the Pelicans on Friday. On Friday. It's tough to see which one of those, where they get a win next week. Then the following week they go to 
New Orleans on Sunday. They play gold. I mean, they no, they're back at home on Sunday. They play New Orleans. They play Golden State on Monday. Now, Golden State hasn't been great on the road, uh, but they've got Curry back. They're probably going to be, you know, trying to ramp it up. Then they go to Memphis for two games. They come back home and play Cleveland, the Knicks. They, they go on the road to Cleveland, the New York Knicks, Brooklyn, before coming back home on the last day of the month against Detroit. So their schedule, my point for the for March, their schedule is is crazy hectic. Um, Drunk says he did think he was coming to play a co- a, to coach a playoff team. Yes, he did. Right? He thought he was coming to coach a playoff team that had two former MVPs in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Both of them chunked the deuces and said, "I'm out." James Harden in a real in a real immature foul kind of way, which I don't know how you come back to an organization after the way he left, because that for doggone sure wasn't decent and in order. But you're right, John. That is what he thought he was coming to coach. And instead, he got a lot of routine three years in a row. He got a lot of youth because they moved on from players, the few veterans they have, you know, PJ Tucker. Um, they just, they became very, very young. Hey, Tony. Tony says Memphis and NBA not using the term suspended. He's away from the team. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? They're not using the term suspended, but. Um, yeah, that's what that's what he is. Um, and they say he's getting some help. You know, I don't know, John Morant. I just see him right when he, they, they're in the West, so I see him a few times a year because they play the Rockets. But I I don't cover him, so I don't have any you know sense of who he is. I've heard you know good things about him. And and one of the things, and if you get a chance, the Mark Spears who you saw in the earlier clip wrote a piece for Anscape, is where he writes, which is affiliated with ESPN. And, and he, in this piece, he talked about, um, you know, Jar following the, the blueprint of Carmelo Anthony. Because I don't know if you guys remember, right, but Carmelo Anthony, after coming out, you know, and having a, you know, being all world at Syracuse and then coming into the league and being highly, you know, um, the the expectations were through the roof for him. He got off to a rocky start, right? Because he had some, shall we say, challenges early in his career. But he pivoted. He he made a pivot, right? He got better people around him. He he grew up a little bit, you know, and all that's a part of it. Because, and I'm not trying to say you shouldn't have your boys with you, because that's that's not really my point. I get that you want to have some sense of normalcy and comfort because you're coming to this thing that's kind of foreign. But you've got to be very careful about who is in your circle and that they can help you to grow. And that includes his father, who seems like he likes to, you know, turn up a lot. I mean, somebody in the in the, in the group has got to be the mature grown-up. And, and hopefully he finds that and, and, and gets it together. I mean, it, you know, he can, he's young, and but you just have to make better decisions and better choices and you know there are reports that he, he hit a, a 17 year old somewhere and then he just there's a lot of activity that as mark said makes players who don't want to come publicly and say anything because they want to support him right but they're like man what is he doing it's silly get it together and for all the people who may criticize lebron james 
the reason that LeBron is held up as a model, not that he's perfect, but as a model for, yeah, do this and not that, because his team is strong. He surrounded himself with people, right? So you want to, you say you want to, you want to be a part of my, my business. So you're going to, we going to, you're going to go to school and you're going to learn this and you're going to, we're going to get the certifications and you're going to become an agent. Okay. So like empower the people around you to be around you so that everybody's bringing something to the table. To me, that's what you do. And I hope that they get that together. Good morning, Charles Lamar Dre. We got to get you back on our legal expert. We haven't had him on in a while. Um, Tony says, Silver and Memphis using kid gloves on jaw at the moment. Yeah, I think they, I think they want to be careful in how they handle it. I think they recognize there's some there's some things going on with jaw, and they don't want to push him in the wrong direction. It looks to me like, and I of course haven't had a conversation with either of these men. They want to say we support you. You got to do better, but we still support you. You know how you can be a parent and say you know. I love you, but your behavior is not okay. It looks like maybe that's some of it. You know, I don't know. Um, and Joe says, in my opinion, James Harden burned too many bridges with the organization. Rockets teammates and fans. I'm going to stop right there. You make an excellent point, right? Um, now, these guys, most of them were not here when that when he showed out. I think Jay Sean Tate may have been here. I don't know if um, Kenyon Martin was here. Um, the younger guys like Alfie and KPJ, I don't think KPJ was here. Um, obviously, Jalen Green, Dvari, Tari, none of those guys, Josh, none of those guys were here yet, I don't believe. Nope, because they hadn't had the draft. Anyway, yeah, but he, he acted out. Um, and so Joe said, no for me. It's a hard no for me. Rockets most definitely need some veteran leadership. Maybe a win comes on the luckiest day of the year, March 17th. Maybe so, right? Um, they got two wins the last two days. Who are they playing on the 17th? They're playing the New Orleans Pelicans. That would be something. Um, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, March 17th. But you're right. It's a hard note for me too, Joe. And you know, I don't have anything against James Harden. I just don't think it's the answer. I don't think it's the answer. Um, Johnny's real grown blankety blank men in his circle because all of his troubles are self-inflicted. He can easily rebound. I agree. I think you're absolutely right. And I think if you read that article that Spears wrote, that's exactly what Carmelo Anthony did. Um, he rebounded, he got it together. He's young enough to stop this foolishness, but you need some real grown people in your circle and some people who are not trying to be you, right? They don't need to be you. They have a life, but they can support you. And that's what he needs. I think you hit it on the head. Hey, good morning, Paul. Welcome to Chalk Talk. Thank you for being a part of the show. All right, everybody, if you will, you know the rule. If you'll share, other not the rule, the request, if you will share this video with your um, online community, because as we continue to grow Chalk Talk, I'd appreciate it. And there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. The final four is going to be in Houston in about another month. On Sunday is Selection Sunday. I'll be covering that. So we'll, we'll see who goes where. And y'all know I don't talk about the University of Houston usually, but as they, you know, get into the March Madness, get into the tournament, they will definitely be in the tournament. 
Um, we will talk about them then. And if you're new to the show and you wonder, well, Kim, why don't you talk about um, the University of Houston Cougars? I mean, they are you know, right there in your, let me go here, top 25. They are a part of your, they're right in your own backyard. Um, the University of Houston right now is 29 and two. They beat Memphis uh, on Sunday. The final was 67 to 65. They're still the number one team in the country. The reason that I don't cover the University of Houston, because I know that many of you are alum, is because their sports information department is just, I'm going to just use the word disrespectful. And so I have jumped through as many hoops as I'm going to, to cover that team. And the last conversation I had with their sports information people was about five years ago. And it ended something like this. We just came in anybody cover the team, but we will allow, which was a real problem for me. We will allow you to cover practices and press conferences. So like Joe said earlier, I'm a grown blankety blank woman. I'm a professional. I carry myself as such, and you will not allow me to do anything. <laughs> That's not how this works. And the sports information guy who's still there said, I just don't feel like you're committed to college athletics. So that's not my job, that's his, right? I'm committed to the work I do, to the stories I tell and, and being fair, objective and highly qualified at what I do. It is not my job to be committed to college athletics. That's his job because he gets a check from a college athletic team. So anyway, that's why, for those of you who don't know why I don't cover them, I wish them well. Um, I just don't want really to talk about them on the show, but I will because they'll be a part of um, they'll be a part of March Madness, the number one team in the country, and so I will cover the tournament. So then we will have to talk about what they're doing along the way, and perhaps they get to the Final Four, which will be played at NRG Stadium, the um, end of March, beginning of April, and I'm going to be there for all of it, so I can get access to Final Fours and World Series and Super Bowls and. NBA, NFL, all of the things, all of the other teams, but the good old people over at the University of Houston say no. Yeah, I say miss me on that, right? I've just done this too long. Joe McGinty says, good, you know your worth and don't sacrifice your integrity. Good for you, friend. I know, Joe, I've just done it too long and put in too much work and you have to know when to tap out and say, then okay. I won't spend energy on that. I'll spend that time on the other side of my business. Of course, you guys know I also have a consulting business. I'm a keynote speaker. And one of the things, one of the cool things about what I do is sometimes um, while I speak, I also MC events. And I got a chance to MC. this is before we get out of here, a really cool event on Friday for an organization called Community Works. They're out on the north side of Houston, on Homestead, have been in the community um, for a while. And they are just doing some amazing work for young people, um, for adults in terms of, you know, getting them prepared, you know, work, work ready with skills, but really what they're doing with kids in the area. And they are in the area, right on Homestead. And what they do is for probably anybody, but it's really focused on that community. And so just to see the good work that's happening, um, I was honored that they asked me to come be a part of their event. and. It was, um, it's definitely something if you're, if you live on the north side, if that's your, if you're in that part of town, you should definitely, if you're not familiar, you probably already know about Community Works. Um, but if you don't, you should check it out. Go to their website, 
find out how you can get involved. Maybe you want to support it, or maybe you want to, they have services or programs that you or your children would be would benefit from. So I encourage you to do that. Um, so over the weekend, I got a chance to work with a couple of good organizations. You know, I, I participated in the, in the AIDS Walk, and I, I do some work with the organization. I was actually on the board of AIDS Foundation Houston. Um, I don't remember when I left the board, maybe about 2010 or 2011, maybe 2012. Yeah, I don't remember. But I, I spent about four, five years on the board of directors. So I, I'm really passionate about the work they do. They do great work. The numbers are coming down. The goal is that HIV is stigma-free and that it becomes rare and ultimately that it, they wipe it out in the greater Houston area. That's really what the organization is working toward. And so I'm glad to do some work with them and, and be a part of those efforts. Don't forget about the African-American Male Wellness Walk. It is April the 15th. I'm gonna post it in the comments, the link. Go register, go get the information so that you can um, participate. And I will keep you posted on when the next Real Men, Real Talk event is. Until then, everybody, remember, make sure you're registered to vote. We stay registered so we don't have to get registered because your vote and your voice matters, right? That's what we do here on Chalk Talk and the Chalk Talk Tribe. Also, listen, y'all be careful out there in those streets. COVID is still amongst us. People are still getting it. And one of the ways that you can, if not completely avoid it, at least not be taken down by it, right? Um, is to be vaccinated. So I'm encouraging you to be vaccinated. I have all the vaccines and I don't have anything going out of my ears or my head. So that's just me. I'm just telling you. So I encourage you to get vaccinated. And remember, everybody, do something kind for yourself and do something kind for somebody else. Make it a great week. I'll see you next Tuesday right here on Chalk Talk. Peace.